Warning! This episode contains... Naughty language! Mature situations. Magical fishies of the Cretaceous period. Cretaceous period. Really busty magical women. Really old women who are cranky. Children who refer to their parents by their first name. Underappreciated dads with magic powers. Water that seems to go everywhere. And ham! Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Movie Review, Episode 94. Liam Waterboards, Sasuke. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Spark and Movie Review, some podcast of editing reviews about Connect the Enhanced Narratives. I'm your host, Zon, saying hello! And I'm Lethal, saying hey, what's up, guys? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode, and especially because this is one of our more cutesy episodes, because it's something different. Shut up! <laughs> Not that, okay, it's very cutesy. It's yeah, gonna be fun. A lot of people enjoy the movie we're gonna be reviewing today. Some people don't like this movie. They say it's long and boring. Some people think that it's really weird. Other people say it's a blatant ripoff of something when they admitted, yeah, this is a ripoff, so it's not like some movies, but something different, something unique. But either way, if you want to hear some of our more violent and depraved and evil episodes, you can check those out at firekin.com. We're on iTunes, Facebook, Twitters, and you can email us. And we're also on live. Xbox Live. Yes, we can play evil angry games. Yes, we can. I wonder, though, could you make Ponyo in uh, Minecraft? I could try. I mean, you can physically make Ponyo. That'd just take an insanely long amount of time. Yeah. But could you make the world? Yeah. You could just destroy all of the land, get buckets of water, and make sure that everything's, you know, just destroyed, and then just drop it so it's all water. But wouldn't you do, like, the TNT trick? Yeah. Where you just set the T up, and then you blow it up, and then you just pour the water, and then you just build from that? Yeah, but the thing is, though, you got to be careful, because creative mode, you can actually blow yourself out of Minecraft if you do that. Yes. Me and Ray's have done it before. When Creative came out for the 360, we were excited. I was building something, and he blew it up with 50 tons of TNT. We were blasted back to the main menu. Ah, the main menu. Oh, well. I just don't like the fact that if you download Creative Packs, you can't do anything with them. Yeah, true. Like, I downloaded the Mass Effect Pack. You can't do anything with it. I'm sorry. But there's nothing interesting about it. It's like, oh yeah, you have all these powers and stuff, and nothing works. None of the switches work. It's just pretty yep. pictures. Pretty pictures. That's that's about it. That someone built. Mm-hmm. 
But I got bamboo, which is useless. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm trying to find three diamonds and a stick to make a diamond sword. Gotcha. Because that diamond sword song I heard. Yes, I know which one you were talking about. But anyway, we're on all these things. You can email us at me at zansparker.com. And me at lethalitzbracken.com. We're tired because of this movie. It's long. We're out of energy. We need food. We should have gotten food beforehand like you suggested, and I should have agreed. Yeah, we're a little hungry. Yes, we are. I had like a third bowl of porridge this morning. I had a banana. We are obviously energy drained, so this will not be filled with screaming as it usually is. It may be a little bit. We may get something, but we'll see what happens. But before that, this is our first episode of 2014 for the movie review, and uh, it's an interesting way to start the year. It is. Instead of going bloody and gory, we've gone cute and Han Christian Anderson-y. We did not. We went to the fishier side of life. Thank you very much. So, if you remember from the last episode... Sorry. It's okay. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Movie Review, we rolled that one, that only... Dodecahedron of movies. And it dictated on Tessa be reviewing a movie which you were very excited about. Yes, it's a Hayao Miyazaki film. Thank you very much. Yes, I think we didn't get to do on our month of Totoro's, Tanuki's, and Tenaciously Troubled Children. It was a fun different series. It wasn't as violent or as dark as some of his other stuff, but it is a little dark. Eh, yeah, kind of. It's like of. dimming the light a little bit. Yeah, I know. Like, if you think of it in a retrospective, like, realize that that's pretty bad. <laughs> the world was going to end. But houses are destroyed. It, cars every, are ruined. Everybody is just... Destitute. Yep. Except for the main characters in the family. They're perfectly fine. Oh, and the um, other people. You know, the older people. No, their whole house was destroyed. Remember, it's all underwater. Oh, yeah. No, but they feel fine now, don't they? They were, like, running around. And I feel happy. My knees don't hurt anymore. I was waiting for a, he's not dead yet. <laughs> but, okay. So, to get right to it, so we should. This was produced, as we said, by Hayao Miyazaki. It's one of his later works. It's not his last work, but it's, it's four ago. And as usual, working with him, producing it, paying for it was... Toshio Suzuki. Yep, he's a guy who puts the money down for these things to make sure that Studio Ghibli is still in the black, and this was a good dime in the bucket. And of course, the story was written again by Hayao Miyazaki, and he said he was inspired by Hans Christian Andersen, one of his earlier stories. And you can see this is almost verbatim, except more Hayao Miyazaki-ish. Yeah, well he usually takes a lot of the stories and legends and kind of puts them in his own little perspective. And also adds something which he could draw millions of bolts on because he likes that. And this one, instead of planes, it's boats. Yes. A lot of weird boat designs. And, as usual, another thing is collaborating with this is Joe Hisashi doing the soundtrack once again. And this soundtrack is amazing. It's one of the another ones I own. I think I'm only missing two of the original stuff before Arietti. And this was a more fun one, I think. But it's a lot of the same music. It's the same. It's the main theme with a little bit of other things. We watched the film in both sub and dub. We did. Compare and contrast. And the English soundtrack. For the most part, really close. And then they got to the other part of the soundtrack, which I walked out on. Yes. And said distributed by Toe and Walt Disney in 2008. And it's starring, well... Let's get the actual Wikipedia page up, and I'm leaving this part in to hear 
Well, why don't we list off some of the um, actual stars for now, the Japanese stars. Well, we'll compare them, too. Well, we have Tomoko Yamaguchi playing... The mother. Yeah, the main supporting character. In in English, she's portrayed by Tina Fey. And Tina Fey, they sound very similar. They got it right, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, Oh, they always do. Tina Fey was a little bit more... A little bit more uh, nasally. And energetic, almost. Yeah. But that's Tina Fey. Then you have Kazu Shiji Nakashima, who plays the absentee dad, because these movies need an absentee dad. Always. And surprisingly, to do his four lines. Five lines, I counted. Matt Damon. Hey, Matt Damon, he's now a Miyazaki person. All we need is Affleck, and then both of them have done Miyazaki movies. Yep. Oh, Ben Affleck. We have uh, Yuki Amami. I know that name, and let me see why. Actually, Yuki Amami came out of retirement for this role, which is yeah. interesting. Because she is, she's a famous old-school um, J-drama actress, and mm-hmm. she gets the role of someone who, in English, is played by Kate Blanchett. Interesting. We didn't hear her voice, but I remember it when I saw it in theaters. It's Kate Blanchett kind of phoning it in just a little bit. Yeah. It is what it is. And then you have George Takoro. He played the uh, other protagonist in the movie. A villain, actually, but the antagonist. Not really a villain. More of a concerned father. Yeah, he was the other concerned father, but the best part is that he is voiced in English by Liam Neeson, and there are lots of Taken jokes that are going to be had in this episode, because that is, it's almost like Taken. Of course it is. <laughs> Then well, you, let's see then you have the main protagonist, um, Hiroki Doi, who he's act five years old when this was recorded, and it was perfect because he's the character's five years old, so it works. And in English, he was recorded by Frankie Jonas, the youngest of the Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why is so they can get him to make a soundtrack. Yep. And surprisingly, he's not bad. He's actually really good. At, at the voicing. The soundtrack wasn't that great, but the voicing no, the was voicing, really good. the voicing, he's really good at. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, you have the main female lead, mm-hmm. Yuria Nara, and she does a really good job as playing her character, Brunhilde, or as her, well, we won't get to her real name yet, but then she's voiced by Noah Cyrus. For the first half of the movie, she's good, but then suddenly, her twang. She gets a twang. I know it's a very bad... Thing, but it's you hear the accent and it's just no. Yeah, it, it takes away from the magic, if you would. It does, but you know, she she tries, and for the most part, her character she does a good job with because she only has single lines until she has to do some exposition later, and that's when it comes through. But for the most part, she has her one line, and it's fine. Other actors you have is um, well. Betty White showing up, and Lily Tomlin playing two curmudgeonly old women. Mm-hmm. Besides that, just a lot of standbys for Miyazaki films. There's a whole list of people. But anyway, let's get into what this is. So, what are we reviewing? We are reviewing Hayao Miyazaki's Ponyo. Or, if you want to be technical, is Gaki no Ue no Ponyo, or Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea. Yes, or as the song goes, Ponyo, Ponyo, Ponyo. Ponyo, Ponyo. Yes, Ponyo. A story of a girl. No, not a girl, a fish who would like to become a girl. So she can get the boy that she likes. This doesn't sound at all familiar. (coughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, as we said, it was based off of the original version of Han Christian Anderson's Little Mermaid, which, if you've read it, compared to the Disney version, there's a lot uh, of differences. Yeah, of course there is. I mean, they took out the evil sea witch who made her cut off all her hair. They took out when she walked around, she was walking with blood. Yeah. And she walked because they had to cut off feet. Yeah. They took out all the dark stuff. The only thing that left in is that the repercussion that if things don't work out for Ponyo or Brunhilde, then she's going to turn into sea foam. Yay, sea foam! Didn't they also take out the fact that she wanted to go back to the ocean, so she, like, sewed her legs together? I believe so, <laughs> from what I remember, vaguely. Vaguely. But it's okay. But it's okay. This is a Hayao Miyazaki movie, so it's happy and great and snippy and very pretty. And the, and the best thing is, now some of you are going to say, oh, Redline was the newest. No. This was another non-CG animated film that they did, and more importantly, it's watercolor. Yes. Watercolor is actually really tough to uh, work with when you're working with movies. Um, I actually paint with watercolor almost all the time, so it's really hard to like get those little key points in. But he did a really good job, and I thought that most of his movies were actually just plain old him drawing and flip-booking it almost, if you would. Well, most of the old ones, yes, but later on he got CG in, and you could see where the CG points are, and most notably, if you watch Howl's Moving Castle, the castle's CG completely. Yeah. There's no way he could have. I mean, he could have, but it wouldn't have looked as unique. This one, it's he's going back to form, and for the most part, the movie looks spectacular. The art design, the character design looks great. But then there's... Aside a, from, like, a few hiccups. Yeah, there's a sequence in the middle, which is a kind of pivotal scene, and it suddenly goes from looking how Miyazaki's best work to suddenly... Hey, um, Yeah, it's 1980s, or it was, I'm going to take a nap and ignore my son Goro. You, Toshi, the intern, you do draw this. He's like, uh, I think I got this. He did an okay job, because, I mean, if you think of that part, it's like, it's you're changing everything up. So. Yeah, and it looks, it's supposed to be like a storybook, so it works out. It's very whimsical and cute, and it's a long movie. Mm -hmm. Now, for a kid's film, though, I think it's a little bit too long. Just a little bit, because I remember when I was babysitting a couple of girls, they decided they want to watch this movie, and they got bored halfway through. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Movie! Come on! Yeah, it's a good movie. It's just, it's a little long, and it does, <laughs> the middle of the movie, it slows up dramatically. Mm -hmm. It's still plot development, which is great, but it just it slows up just a bit. The characters are so engaging, you have a lot of fun with it, and I mean, we, Aaron's like wondering, wait, why are you doing your usual, let's just spoil the whole movie and talk about every little thing. The movie, it's that's what it is. It's a fairy tale about fish girl, runs away from home, she meets a boy, the boy takes her in his bucket to school where he um, ends up bothering a bunch of people, makes a little girl cry, then goes next door to his geriatric parents' home, where, surprisingly, having a nursery school next to a old folks' home, that's really depressing and creepy. Yes, that is. But he causes trouble there, then he almost gets killed when... <laughs> uh, when he either gets pulled into the water, letting or trying to find Tanya, or... Yeah swimming around. I don't remember. Yeah, this is not a safe movie for kids, because he does a lot of things which parents are like, no! Mm -hmm. Like using a rock to break a glass jar, then picking with your fingers glass up. Yeah, that was that was not a great idea. And meanwhile, you have the Liam Neeson dad almost being like, I don't know who you are, but I know you have my daughter, <laughs> oh my God. and if you don't give her back, I'll kill you! I think that's the reason why they had him do that part, because it's literally taken... In, like, a childish, cutesy way. Yeah, but, 
he doesn't kill anybody. Yeah, he doesn't kill anybody, nor does he waterboard Sarasuke, even though that would have made the movie awesome. There's a lot of scenes which could have ended really bad in this movie. They could have really done, because they flood the entire town, and the actual title of this movie is Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea, mm -hmm. because their home is on a cliff by the sea. It's a tall cliff over this entire town, and halfway through the movie, the water is up to their front porch. Yeah. So if they're at a high point of an altitude of, we'll say, two thousand feet above sea level that means everything underneath is flooded with water that means everybody's dead yep but they're like oh no everyone's fine everyone you know they were on boats and then the other people they're underwater in a bubble and it's fine yay it's like yay drowning bubbles yes and bubbles it's just it's something that you watch to kind of like feel warm on the inside of and it's something that you kind of put on so the kids are entertained. You don't really watch it to feel as if it's, like, you want to watch it. Because, I mean, it, yeah, it's a movie, it's really good, but it's also, like, it doesn't make sense sometimes. It's a kid's movie, so it's designed for, for their enjoyment, and from an adult point of view... It's weird. It seems it's very simplistic. There's a lot of plot holes. There are things which no parent in their right mind would do. Or no adult would do, but in a kid's mind, and you see it from their point of view, things make sense. Sosuke goes to his mom and says, Mom, look, Ponyo turned into a little girl. And Mom's like, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell? Kid, we are getting out of here. That is a demon. Let's go. Uh, yes. Right now. And, and, or when some, when Ponyo shows her real form to a family, the family just stops and like, oh, yay! Even not like, oh, God, don't touch my daughter. You're going to eat her. Yeah. There are also the parts with the um, ancient fish. Most of them had beaks. And actually, yeah, they did in Cretaceous periods. The ancient fishes would eat each other. And they were just kind of swimming around, ignoring Ponyo and ignoring Sasuke, whatever. Oh, that's that's not food. We're not going to eat him. No, it's okay. In real life, if those things came back to life, everything would die. Yeah. Everything. I, there's some scenes I just want to put a dun 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 dun. <laughs> Actually, you did at the part where Ponyo was going to sleep. Yes, to sleep. Right. I say she died. Yes. To make it depressing and sad. But no, it's... Overall, it's an interesting movie. And if you're a Miyazaki fan, you gotta watch it. It's it's one of the one, quintessentials. I, it was in theaters released over here, which is good. It's got a Disney release, so it's Disney-fied. You got a lot of extras to it. And it's a pretty movie. It looks really well done. For art purposes, totally worth watching. Story purposes... It's... Good thing to have your cell phone on you. Yeah, just a bit. I mean, it's not super. It's not. It's not super bad. It's not like oh, this is the most boring thing ever. It's not like watching Tales of Earthsea. Which or Escafone. Escafone <laughs> had entertaining points in it. Not many, but it was almost. A, you could say it's the end of his career, but that's at a point he, after he threatened to retire two times, he just came back and said, "Yeah, here's another movie for you guys. Hope you enjoy it." And do you think he succeeded with it, or not really? He did a good job. It is a Hayao Miyazaki film. Like I said, it's not like, you know, he made something and it doesn't look like it. He made it at all. Like, you know, it is, it, it's his film. It's, you know, it's good enough to be called a Hayao Miyazaki, but it's not good enough to really sit next to all the other ones. Like, it doesn't really rank up to the rest of the movies that he made. You think it's the weakest of his films? Not 
necessarily, but it's... You know, it's and we won't include Takahata's movies, because those stuff are powerful in their own right. But. Yeah. Well, like, it references it saying Kiki's delivery service could be a little bit more darker than this movie. Mm-hmm. And Kiki's delivery service was about a little girl who wants to be a witch, who turns into a delivery girl. That's about it. But also, Kiki is that whole thing with the sub and dub, where they're yeah. two dramatically different films. That yeah. was, but that's also Phil Hartman's last one's last movie, so I'm not gonna knock the dub too much because I have a, a weird soft spot for that dub, even though the soundtrack sucks. Because <laughs> they said, "Ah, no, Joshi Hazashi, you fuck him." That's so mean. But it's, I don't know. It's just, I want to say it's one of the, it's it's a weak film. It's not one of the worst movies. By far, it's a great movie. It's cute. It's simple. I know that my nephew have talked about Nikki likes it. He finds it pretty, even though part of it goes kind of sleepy too. Still, it's one of those movies where just you watch it with friends, or you watch it to relax, mm-hmm. or to take a nap, or to go to sleep, at just regularly, and to have him ramming with. I'm pretty sure I did fall asleep when we were watching that movie. I don't know. That's how boring it is. It made me fall asleep. It's not really boring, but there, there, there was that one part that like I couldn't stand. It, so. Yeah, I it's a, yeah, it's a it's a it's for the most part it's a it's a good movie. It's it's cute. It's fun. It's just it lags, and for that reason, it actually hurts it just a little bit. It's still it's still a Studio Ghibli movie, and it's still well done. So it's still gonna be you're gonna guess it's one of two options. Um, so out of everything, soundtrack. Well, first art, my MVP for the movie, definitely for acting-wise, for voice, I'm going to give it to uh, the kid who did Sosuke in English and Japanese, because he really carried the movie. He had the most dialogue, and he was able to emote enough through his voice of this kid who's able to, you know, who's dealing with all this, and he's five years old, and just everything works. You know, he's like, I'm going to leave my door open and run away to save my mom, because I want to save my mom. And that's the right thing to do, and that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my MVP would actually have to be Ponyo, because she was brave enough to go from the deepest, darkest depths of the sea all the way up to, uh, the human life up here, and, uh, she did everything she could to become a human. She even took it upon herself to jump out of Sasuke's arms at the very end of the movie and make him kiss her in the bubble. Meh. So. I just think he tripped and fell, but that's me, but, I don't know. Um, LVP, I don't think there is an LVP in this movie. Because every character was engaging. I mean, you had background characters who did nothing. Like, the two guys were like, You can't go there! It's gonna flood! You're gonna die! But, not really. I mean, most annoying character was Lily Tomlin, or or Toki's character. And But that was her reason. She's supposed to be the curmudgeonly old lady who's, you know... Who, when other people are gonna ex- explore, she wants to take a nap. Yeah. So... You oh, what about your LVP? Uh, I'd have to say. Or there's uh his dad who does nothing. Yeah, I was about to say his father, but then I said to myself, well, well, he did kind of fill up the gaps a bit. But yeah, I'd have to say the father because he really wasn't there until the end of the movie. It was kind of like, oh hey, you're doing something awesome. Let me hang out with you now. They could have just had him like just go away and then that's it. You don't even see him the rest of the movie. Oh, they they could have just killed him during that mini tsunami or whatever the fuck it was, or mini typhoon. If you yeah, know. and we would have been we would have been the same, just plus tragic, and you don't find out till the end. Yep. But it's a kids' movie, so you have to be happy and safe. And uh, mm-hmm. special award, I think, is going to go to Liam Neeson just because he's fucking Liam Neeson. He is Liam Neeson, and he did a really good Liam Neeson job at this. Liam Neeson, 
That's, yeah, exactly, with the Liam Neeson-ness and his Liam Neeson-ness. Yes, yes, very, very Liam neeson And this makes up for his movie, The, the Grey, I think. Yes, it does. Which we won't talk about. <laughs> that one's one of those ones we're never going to review, just because it was such a disappointment. Sorry. Even though someone's like, oh, you should review it. No, yep, I'm not going to sit through that fucking movie again. Favorite scene in the movie? I'm going to say when Ponyo shows up at the house, for me. Because her... Which when, one? The very beginning? The middle? When she's in human form and mm. you see her exploring and they have these little things she does, like, she doesn't understand yet. Like, you see her, they hand her stuff to hold and she doesn't let it go. It's like, this is hers now. And, you know, at one point she sits down like saying, you have to let that stuff go to eat. Uh, I use my feet. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But uh, my favorite scene is actually towards the end when uh, they were in the air bubble. Down in, like, you know, that big, the nur- not the nursery, but the uh, old people place. Mm-hmm. Their house. That place. I really like that because it kind of, like, it opens up your imagination. Almost like, oh, hey, it's another world down here. You see whales swimming around, for God's sakes. And all the women are, all older ladies are having fun. At one point, somebody says that their knees don't hurt anymore and that they love running again. And that it's just so much fun to see that. And then you see the mothers setting her this really big jellyfish and it kind of like cascades a nice shadow under them so that it's almost private if you would and it was just it was like really nice i mean if i could do that with my house i would it almost seems if you want to go metaphysical or theological it can almost be seen as an afterlife scene mm-hmm. almost but we don't want to really start up that because all of the secular humanists who listen to this podcast have been giving us crap about it Oh, I can go into that so well. I can put on to so many theories in movies, it's not even funny. Pretty much, most of it is, unlike a lot of the other stuff, there isn't much diversity in the songs. Most most of it is the Ponyo theme mixed in somehow, even if it's just a little in the background. Mm-hmm. So you could say it's the Ponyo theme, which is good, but it gets a little... Eh. Nah, 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 over and over again, it gets a little boring. Yeah. Um, so, out of our five-point ratings, what would you give Ponyo? Oh, worth watching once in the movie theaters or on DVD. It's okay. Not great. Enough said. That's pretty good. Um, Like I said, since it is a beautiful movie, I'm going to bump it up just a little bit. But because it's a long movie, it gets down. So I'm going to go with what you guys say is my customary, which is it's going to borrow a friend and never return unless offered ham. <laughs> oh, the ham. Talk so much about the fucking ham. She likes ham, okay? I thought our first food was blood. <laughs> That's not food. That's liquid. That'd be awesome. She'd be a, a, a horrible vampire creature that ate people's blood. Said, "I'm still your friend. I won't kill you, Sasuke." <laughs> blood kills everybody around him, but him. Like, but he dies. Is there a movie? Like, oh yeah, there is. It's called Let Me In. <laughs> yes, that was scary. No, it wasn't. Never mind. It's better than. Well, the original was worse when you see that the, the, that the little girl is actually a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a little boy. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> no, nah, where he cut off his. But anyway. Okay then. This is a kids' podcast, so we kids have to be podcast. nice. Yep. But it's a cute movie. It's fun. It's worth watching at least once. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. If you're a Studio Ghibli fan, definitely pick it up. If you're not, it's just a interesting movie. It's cute. I mean, you're going to watch it, and you're going to have that warm, fuzzy feeling inside for a couple minutes, and then you're going to be like, huh, back to the gore. Hmm? 
And then you'd be like, eh, that was a good movie, now what's on Spike TV? Yeah. Or what's exactly. or what's on Titanfall? Or what's happening on Walking Dead? So it's it's kind of like an escape for you. If you want to, you know, get away from the gore sometimes, oh. yeah, go ahead. Ponyo's pa- 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 movie for you. This is a dinner movie. Yes. You eat dinner with this because it's the, the, during the quiet and kind of slow parts, you can focus on your food and it's nice and relaxing, and then you get right into the action again. Mm-hmm. And it'll keep you up. This you know, as opposed to it's nap time. And also watch it during the day. Definitely yes. during the day. Because once the sun goes down, you're like, I'm sleepy. Exactly. So, remember, you can check us out at... Spirican.com. You can email us, me at sandspiker.com. And me at lethalspiricon.com. Leave us some messages on Twitter or Facebook. And check out our store at amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash spirekin. I know some of you are waiting for packages. Remember, we had a huge storm, though, so... Yeah, I think UPS still has them. Yeah, so don't blame us. It's stuff is being sent, and if you don't get it by February, I will make a guarantee. Email me. If you've ordered something and you did not get it by February, if you ordered it before, and before for this month, I'll say, if you ordered it in December or January, you didn't get it by February, I will throw in a manga from our catalog... And a signed, autographed thing of the co-hosts will draw a picture for you. Okay. And sign it. Okay. <laughs> we'll all put ourselves in super deformed form going, eh. We're sorry. Or I was bowing down like Miyazaki did when uh, the whole Nazuka debacle happened. Yeah. Which is awesome. So, should we get to that part they've all been waiting for, or should we just skip it? Nah, let's do it. Might as well. Yes. Uh, we yeah. love you guys so much. We're willing to do this even though we're starving. Yes, we are all hungry and the tired. But, so, it's that part we've all been waiting for. When we talk about we're talking about that one. That only. Dodecahedron of movies. So, for those of you who don't know, the Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object with numbers on it. It's a dice, 12 sides. What we're going to do is we're going to roll this Dodecahedron of movies. And it's going to choose one of nine movies. I'm going to laugh if it lands on 12. If it lands on 12, though, that means it is my choice. If it lands on 11, it's roll again. And if it is on 10... My choice. Yes. So not that bad. Should be pretty cool. We got a lot of good titles up there. We have some cartoons. We have some really black comedy movies. We have movies which make no sense. We have movies about drugs, movies about video games, and... Movies about... Um... Um... Super... Super people. Yes, and <laughs> movies which are cute and fluffy! Yay! So, let's roll and see what we're going to review in the next episode. Or I'm going to review, or we'll see. So you get to roll. Number one! So, in the next episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review, we're going to be reviewing a film noir movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Brick. Mm-hmm. So, film noir is something classic, and it's a very big, different way to open up this year. Now, you think we'll get it before this movie review before February? I don't know. Because last year we had one movie review for every month. Oh now, boy. We're going to hit our goal, which we had said in an earlier episode about hitting 50, 100 episodes by October. That'll be, have to be like three each month. I think we could do it. I think we can do it with all the other supplementals. I think we'll get it. Um, yeah, but 
Um, so with that in mind... I'm Lisa Opal, and my favorite quote is... And this is your host, Zan, for the Spark and Mong Review, and my favorite quote from 2008's Ponyo on the Cliffs by the Sea is going to be... Catch you guys next time. We are Gonsville. See you. Later. And, um, poof. やはりあの人に来てもらわねば。
ぞリサ愛してるってとってもとってもって言ってるよマニョトースケ好きマニョ人間になれポニョ食べたいいなをもらったのねポニョは魔法を使い放題だ世界に大穴を開けてしまったスケ